eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're recording this uh, shortly after uh, news broke that Joey Gatewood, Auburn's top backup quarterback, package quarterback, Wildcat quarterback, uh, is leaving the program and he's deciding to do so immediately instead of waiting till the end of the season, which a lot of people thought might happen anyway. But it's huge news because, one, he's leaving now. Two, Auburn's depth at quarterback takes a tremendous hit uh, going into the final month of the season, a crucial month, obviously, as Auburn tries to improve its bowl strength and also maybe knock a couple of big-time teams uh, off the pedestal in the SEC. So gentlemen, I'm going to go around the table here. I've got Jason Caldwell. I've got Philip Marshall, Mark Murphy, and Keith Niebuhr with us here on the podcast today to discuss this and everything that happened uh, after the LSU game that led to Gatewood leaving the program. I'll start with you, Philip. your reaction to Joey leaving and where Auburn goes from here. You know, I, I thought, I thought last summer that, uh, Whoever didn't win the job, even if it was Bo Nix and all his Auburn uh, bloodlines, uh, would not likely hang around for long. And uh, because they both felt like they were good enough to play and and uh, that they would probably leave. I was caught by surprise that it happened at this point. Uh, and, you know, I, I, and I think it was a, uh, you know, he could have stayed and, and finished out this season. And I think it would have been good for him to do that. But obviously, he felt like it. He, he needed to go, and uh, that's his uh, that's his right. And and you know now you, you know, I don't know. I'm sh- I'm sure uh, Cord Sandberg can run the offense in terms of knowing knowing the plays. Uh, but uh, you know that's not a if something was to happen to Bo Nix, that'd be in a really really difficult situation because I mean Gus's whole offense is built on play action passes and you're not going to, they're not going to pay much attention to the quarterback with the ball. Uh, if, uh, if it's, if it's Cord Sandberg. And, uh, so, you know, I, it would take some really creative things to, 
to cope with if something was to happen to Bo. And of course, everybody hopes nobody hopes anybody gets hurt. But uh, it's going to be uh, I, I would think important to to get Bo out uh, at the earliest possible time, just not so, so as not to because you can get hurt at any time to expose him not to get not to get hit. Uh, uh, but it'll be interesting to see the big, you know, it puts all the, uh, all, all the load is on Bo Nix's shoulders, but it pretty much has been anyway. So as, as long as he doesn't get hurt, then it won't, I don't think it'll be, be, make a whole big lot of difference. And as far as Auburn's chances of winning or, or not, but, uh, if something was to happen to him, that would be a, uh, that would be a very interesting thing, thing to watch. Philip, this is Mark. Uh, I think the big thing I'm going to be watching is how much Bo Nix is allowed to run the ball on called type Good running point. plays or option Good plays, point. and uh, got to be really, especially when you know, say they're up um, by a touchdown or two in the second half on Saturday against Ole Miss. I think they'd be reluctant to to let him run the football. And uh, you know, Court Sandberg's an interesting guy. Got to see him play in high school. Uh, got to see him at camps. Watch some video of him and. You know, he's a, he's a good runner. Uh, he put up huge numbers as a passer, but I think the big question is how much rust is there from playing six seasons of minor league baseball? Well, one thing I would say uh, uh, about the – I think you're right about about trying to protect Bo and not run the ball too much, however, and, and they may be able to win Saturday without him running at all. But I, I think that uh, when you get in those last two SEC games – I, I'm not sure you can go into those games with uh, limiting yourself to avoid injury because it's they're going to be awfully hard to win even with with everything uh, in the arsenal. I agree. You got to go when you get to Georgia and Alabama. You can't hold anything back. That's just the way you got to play it to have any chance to win those games. You know, this situation is yeah from a depth standpoint, um, it's it's big because you lose another guy, but. We just don't know. Joe Gatewood was was not really involved in this offense. We don't know what the offense would look like if he ran it every play. Right, that's true, too. Uh, and so you just don't know what kind of impact this has, and we'll never know now um, because he never really had those opportunities to play. Um, an athletic guy, but, you know, when I look at it, I was like, you know, Gatewood, the last couple of times he's been in the game and ran the ball again on Saturday, he wasn't a guy that was finishing runs. And I think that's – Part of the reason why he hasn't played more is I think they were looking for him to start finishing some of those things and didn't happen. Um, but now, you know, you look at it and, and obviously more of it on Bo Nix, but it was, like I said, it's already there anyway. Um, the interesting thing I want to see is, is you know, is it look any different Saturday from an offensive standpoint in general? Um, you know, not just the, the, the quarterback position, but what they're doing, right. how they do things, all those. And, of course, we may not be able to tell a whole lot. Saturday may not matter as much anyway. And we'll find out a lot more in a couple of weeks uh, uh, unless something really goes wrong on Saturday against Ole Miss. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, this was – look, this was inevitable. Like you said, Philip, one of these guys was going to leave. Uh, my, I guess my surprise is that, that Auburn hadn't already, you know, maybe gone hard after a second quarterback prior to now uh, for the 2020 class. They have Chael Garnett committed out of Lakeland. And obviously, you'll have uh, Bo back next year, probably Cord Sandberg. Uh, so, you know, that's that's three guys right there. You'd like to have four on scholarship. The question is, what are they going to do? They're going to take a grad transfer, a transfer. Those guys usually want to play right away. 
uh, and Bo Nix is the guy, or do you add a second high school guy in the class? And I've already checked with their 2021 quarterback committee, Aaron McLaughlin, and said, hey, look, if Auburn takes two QBs in the 2020 class, does that affect you at all? Uh, because that'd be two more guys there ahead of him, you know, a year ahead, a year more in the system. He said, no, that wouldn't impact him at all. But what will Auburn do? One high school guy to watch, maybe. You know, I know it's been written about on multiple sites. Jacoby Criswell's out of Arkansas. He's a North Carolina commit. But I talked to somebody this morning, and they said that out of all the North Carolina commits, and, and the Tar Heels are recruiting very well right now, by the way, but out of all their commits, he's probably the one that is maybe the least solid. And uh, so maybe, maybe if Auburn were to offer him, they could potentially uh, flip him. We'll see. There's a long way to go, a lot to be determined here. Uh, you know, you don't just grab a guy to grab a guy. You got to make sure he's the right fit. And, you know, Auburn has not offered this young man yet. Um, and so m- maybe there is some apprehension there. You know, maybe, what, what has help kept them from, from offering this young man? But, uh, you know, you're already, you already going to lose Gatewood. It's just the timing for this season, obviously, uh, is the bad thing because you got to get through these last few games with Bo Healthy. But I think this is something that people have anticipated since the day he was named the backup and not the starter. But on the other hand, you know, it's a – Gosh, boy, I mean, you, you know, who you're going to, you know, that's a tricky position. Who's going to be ready to go next year? You, you, you're two of your four, two of your three backups could be true freshmen potentially. And, and, and granted, that's, that's the sign of the times. And I get that. But boy, that's, uh, something happens to your starter and it gets dicey pretty quick. But, uh, you know, these freshmen are supposed to be more ready than ever. So we'll see. You know, I, I to, to sign a graduate transfer, uh, you'd like to have that experience. But at the same time, uh, uh, what guy that that, that yeah. can really help you win is going to come come as a senior, it, knowing it, he's going to be the backup when it, before exactly, he even gets here. Exactly. Exactly. Jason actually texted me that earlier when we were discussing this, and you know he hit the nail on the head just as you just did, Philip, and I'm sure Mark and Brandon agree with me, with Jason on this one. But you just never know. Maybe there's a guy that uh, you know. Who knows? I I don't know. It's 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 a weird situation, even though it's one again that we all have anticipated, I think. And again, I think the, the yeah. question would be, you know, for Auburn, did you consider going after a second guy earlier? Cause let's be honest, there aren't a ton of high school guys out there right now. Uh, the, the top guys that are available. However, as we're starting to find out at this time of year, guys start decommitting guys, start looking around. They start hearing rumors about potential coaching changes at different schools. They don't think they're as good of a fit with the OC as they did six months ago. So, you know, there's probably some good possibilities out there that we don't know about yet. We just have to be patient. I'm sure Auburn has to be patient, too. However, that early signing period is right around the corner, December 18th. You know, it's going to be – Brandon, I think I, I think it's you that reported this, Brandon, about uh, that, that there was a good possibility that, that uh, Sandberg might might uh, choose to go to a smaller school where he can play. Oh, Appleton. Will Appleton, actually, no. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, here's – if, if Cord Sandberg can get a chance to play Saturday and against Sanford and uh, and show he can effectively run the offense, then this could be a really real a really big opportunity for him to be that guy we we're talking about a graduate transfer, uh, but to be that guy that's got some maturity and got some experience and and is ready and willing to accept being backup. But just from talking to people from the early, early response here is that Auburn's likely going to have to try and rely on the graduate transfer market, the transfer portal to try and bring someone in. But as, as all of you have mentioned, it's extremely difficult to bring in someone and say, hey, you're going to be the backup. 
and Auburn's going to have to be up front with have, that. I might have the perfect solution. Does Woody Barrett have any time left? <laughs> <laughs> because, because he's not playing there much anymore. He's thrown 40 passes all year, and I can't remember. I think he might have another year. And just just throwing that out there, okay? <laughs> knows the, hey, knows the offense, you know. Can't win I mean, the job look, it's, it's, it's a, look, I mean, we, we're laughing about it. But boy, I'll tell you what, I mean, you've seen what happened to some of these teams in the SEC this year. Now, South Carolina had a freshman in Ryan Holinsky that was ready to go uh, when Jake Bentley went down with an injury. But, boy, there's some teams out there that are, I mean, you know, uh, Mac Jones, to his credit, stepped up at Alabama. But there, there's some schools out there that if something happens to the starter, they are in a world of trouble. And, you know, Auburn doesn't want to be in that position. No, I mean, you don't want to. But uh, uh, I tell you who's done a remarkable job of dealing with it is Kentucky. Uh, they they never throw the ball, and, they, and they've been winning. Yeah, would it be helpful to, you know, if you were on that other side of the division and had played the two teams they beat, too, that would That's help true. a whole lot as well. That's true, too. <laughs> I'm, not certain that, uh, I'm not certain that Kentucky's running that offense and winning in, in Gainesville and Baton Rouge. Well, sometimes the backup's better than the starter. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case at Auburn, but it's it's been the case in some other schools too. But you know, again, we're gonna we'll see what Auburn does in the next few weeks. Uh, do any new offers go out? And uh, you know, Brandon, I think you reported last night that they would look at the transfer market. Uh, so you know, I, I think they're just going to explore all the options when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, they're they're going to have to kind of come together here in the next few weeks and figure it all out because it, it sounds. It doesn't sound like they're too prepared for this as far as trying to, oh, we need a backup quarterback going into next season. Um, I, it reminds me a lot of the uh, back in 13 when, uh, wow, God, I'm lo- forgetting his name. Left tackle, went to the NFL. Yeah, Greg <laughs> uh, Robinson. Greg Robinson. Um, they, they had to go in late to go find someone, and lucky for them, they got Braden Smith, who turned out to be fantastic, And even though he wasn't a left tackle. But um, – it's just one of those situations where they're going to have to figure something out. The transfer portal can be good to you, but it can also be uh, bad to you because a lot of these kids that get in the transfer portal, just just like Joey Gatewood, and they want to go somewhere where they're going to be a starter. They don't want to go somewhere to, to, to be a backup. But you got to find the right type of kid to do that. And Cord Sandberg, even though he's not a transfer portal guy, that's kind of what his approach is. He came to Auburn to not necessarily play, but to kind of get into coaching. Um, and... Now he's suddenly going to be the back, true back, backup quarterback and might be relied upon. But as we've discussed, I think Auburn's going to – if something were to happen to, to Bo Nix, that they would be using a lot of Wildcat uh, with Booby Whitlow or DJ Williams and trying to just be creative with that with Court Sandberg as well in there from time to time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. 
So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I don't want to be all negative and all that, like everybody thinks I am, but I, I'm just looking at these numbers, and, and this is just... I, I, this is what I've gathered up so far. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. Gus Malzon has signed ten high school quarterbacks since he's been a coordinator at Auburn or a head coach. Only two of them have either remained at quarterback. Um, or excuse me, let me do this again. Ten quarterbacks he signed out of high school. Only two of them remained at Auburn and remained at quarterback. One of those two is Bo Nix, who's a true freshman right now. The only other quarterback to stay at Auburn and still be a quarterback when they left Auburn was Jeremy Johnson. The other players who have left that were high school signees or went to a different position while they were at Auburn, Joey Gatewood, Malik Willis, Sean White, Jonathan Wallace, Clint Mosley, Kyle Frazier, Tyler Queen, and Woody Barrett. What can we take away from that, guys? Some of those early guys, Clint, uh, uh, Jonathan Wallace, were kind of like, okay, we got a scholarship, guys. Let's let's give it to him and, and see what works out. But uh, uh, I, I think there's something to it, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think it, I think you, quarterbacks leave a lot. And also Sean White, I think Sean White, you know, he, he couldn't stay healthy and then he got whatever problem he had there at the end. But, but, uh, I, I just, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't see the problem with, with, uh, a trans, transfer quarterbacks. Heck, obviously it hadn't been a problem at, uh, Oklahoma. I mean, he hadn't played a high school quarterback yet. And uh, I guess I just don't see that as as big a deal as some people do. I I think the thing for me is is that if you were producing like Oklahoma's quarterbacks were producing, then it wouldn't be as big a deal um, to me. And that's the thing. If you're you're putting up Heisman numbers and your other quarterbacks are leaving and you're getting other guys, that's one thing. But if you haven't been playing like that at quarterback – and the guys you're recruiting still aren't aren't doing those things. To me, then it has a little bit more bearing. Now, I, I agree. That's the way the quarterback position is. You look at, at Alabama. Um, they've had, well, I guess, I guess Jalen Hurts graduated, but he didn't finish his his eligibility there. Um, everybody else before that was a transfer or somebody else came in, and they had a load of five star guys come in and out of the door pretty quickly, but. They also had produced at quarterback as well, and yeah. to me, that's that's the thing that kind of well, separates it. Four, four, four of Gus's six years were two quarterbacks: Nick Marshall and uh, and Jarrett Stidham. And Stidham certainly for one year produced a lot. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, it, there. There comes a to me. I, it just doesn't matter. I guess that's the way I look. It doesn't matter. To me, if, if, whether guys a junior college transfer or or a, uh, a graduate transfer is a one year guy, that's di- that's different. But I, I just I, I just don't think it matters. I think you just want the best quarterback you can find, and if he's a transfer, so be it. 
is is uh, is Bo Nix is. Go ahead. I agree. I agree with you, Phil. Up there, you know how you. It's not how you get them; it's that you're getting them. But the problem eventually becomes if you aren't developing developing them, it's going to get harder and harder to get them on the recruiting trail. And then there's no guarantees you're going to get them through the transfer market. So yeah, I mean, I, I you know I I think I can agree to what oh, you're saying, oh, trans- but also transfers are transfers are, are iffy regardless of the position uh, you know, because you don't have four years with them. Yeah. But, uh, I, I understand, but I just think you know if you're if you're missing on guys. Or if you're, there's a perception that maybe you're just not developing guys. And I'm not speaking to Auburn. I'm speaking to anybody. But if, if that's out there, that's going to really hurt you on the recruiting trail. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, when, when Brandon, all the guys you mentioned, really the two big misses to me were Barrett and and Tyler Queen because John yeah. Franklin was kind of a crapshoot. That was kind of a hey, let's just roll the. Well, dice he's a JUCO guy. I'm I'm only talking about yeah. high school guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's just see if he if he can do anything, but. You know, Tyler Queen's now playing tight end guys. He's six two, six two and a half, two hundred fifty five pounds, playing tight end at West Georgia. So that that's a you know he's not even playing quarterback at the school he's at. Uh, and then Woody Barrett, you know, who that one just never really. He was a guy that was a great athlete, but I guess just had trouble processing the offense at Auburn. I'm not quite sure, but you know, the year they took Tyler Queen, I believe that was also the year that Lamar Jackson was out there. Right. Auburn and, and Gus has admitted this to to Jason and me. That that uh, that you know they had Lamar Jackson sitting out there and you know he he threw for Auburn and they weren't you know he just didn't he didn't set the world on fire and and by the time they then decided hey they really want this guy it was almost too late he had real connections to Louisville his high school coach a guy named Rick Swain down in Florida had been the high school coach of one of Louisville's assistants so they really had it in there and Petrino's reputation all that but you know that doesn't make it easier to stomach if you're an Auburn fan that hey you could have had Lamar Jackson so I, you know. I, it's it's tough recruiting that position. I mean, you know, I mentioned all the guys that they've recruited this uh, since Gus has been there as the head coach, and there's a lot of misses. But you can say that about every school. Every single school in the SEC has had a ton of quarterback misses. Now, some of them have had more hits than the others, and that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's it's fair it's fair criticism. You know, well, at the, you're going to take at, a big, big look at, at the picture. Out of high school, his most successful quarterbacks have been Bo Nix this year, Clint Mosley. Sean White and Jeremy Johnson. Um, and as I said, the only quarterback who's not currently here, of course, Bo Nix is still here, that actually stayed at Auburn and still kept playing quarterback was Jeremy Johnson. And, of course, he didn't end his career as a starter. Um, he's obviously had to lean on Juco guys, Jared Stidham, Cam Newton, Nick Marshall. Um, John Franklin III is the one out of the JUCO ranks that ended up, you know, moving positions. Same with Jason Smith, even though he was going to be a receiver. I think we could all agree with that from the beginning, even though he was practicing at quarterback during that first week in spring uh, a few years back. But um, I bring it up because everybody else is bringing it up. And it's it's something to uh, obviously discuss about what's going on here because it's not just – backups that are leaving it's been guys that have been involved in quarterback races or were starters at one point and um it's uh it obviously brings up the question about can a guy stay here three four years out of high school and one be the starter or be a a a valuable backup but you know as you guys said world's changed a lot a lot of these guys want to leave and go be starters elsewhere but the other issue is is that even the ones that became starters out of high school under Gus Malzahn have not necessarily set the world on fire, though the jury obviously is still out on Bo Nix, and I think he's going to have a great career. 
but outside of that, there's been a lot of lot of question marks. The only only one I would I might disagree a little. I I think Sean White was 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 playing extremely well before he, but he was leading the, he was leading the nation in pass efficiency at one time and in, in 2016 until until he started at later that season, getting hurt and stayed hurt and then whatever else. But I I thought Sean White had a great deal of growth in his time from the time he started for the first time in 2015 to uh, to uh, until until. He left. So, guys, what do you what do you think moving forward? Uh, Auburn does with Bo Nix. We talked a little bit about how we're probably going to see them not run him as much, but obviously, it's one of those situations where, like, how long do you keep him in a game? And what if the offense continues to struggle? We've seen them stick with Bo Nix, but obviously now you don't really have an option behind him. Do you? This really puts a lot more pressure on Bo Nix in a lot of different ways that I, I think that maybe we can't even quite communicate because now, now that the team truly is on his shoulders because there's no real backup option for him if, say, he got hurt or something isn't working. Even though Gus didn't, didn't put Joey Gatewood in, even when they were struggling a little bit. Yeah, I, I, that's why I don't think it's any different because I, I don't think they 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 had a backup option. I, I think if they would have used some of those if they did. I think it's the same as it's been, other than okay, if if he were to get hurt, there's a difference. But I don't think it it changes the way they approach the game, other than maybe less running. But I, I don't think the pressure is any different because it's been. I mean, was Gatewood played three or four plays in the past month or so? I don't think it's really going to be a big difference for him. Um, I think the one thing you got to be able to do to me is they got to figure out a way to throw the ball earlier, to get the ball out of his hands, and to get back to some sort of shorter passing game. So he didn't get hit much. Ball, all those things that have to find a way to eliminate third and, and a dozen ten times in football games. Well, that's got to happen if they're going to win. Uh, just, I'm not saying they got to throw short or whatever, but however they do it, they, they have got to uh, – they they can't have those those third and longs again, and a, and a good many of those against LSU were the result of either penalties or a bad snap or or whatever. But you no 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 you can't put a senior quarterback in that position over and over and over and over again and expect to succeed. And certainly not a freshman playing on on the road in a a very hostile environment. But uh, uh, you know I think that uh. If it was me, I'll just put it that way. If it was me, once the game was in hand, he would not play anymore. Uh, and if that meant I beat Ole Miss by 17 instead of by 40, then so be it. Uh, but that's against Ole Miss. That's against Sanford. Again, against Georgia and Alabama, you just got to let it all hang out and do what you can do. And if somebody gets hurt, that's that's the way it goes. I think there's a lot to be said to spend a little more time working on the short passing game. You got a receiver like DJ Williams coming out of the backfield who caught two passes for 21 yards last week. And I think he's one of those kind of guys that can make somebody miss in the open field or break through an arm tackle and turn a 10 yard gain into a 30 yard gain. And you need to take advantage of those kind of skill players. Uh, and, you know, also I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off Nick's uh, having to sit back in the pocket, you know, and, 
try to convert third down and eight and third down and nines. And uh, the point about the snaps is really a good one. It's not just, wasn't just the last game. Throughout the season, there have been a lot of bad snaps, and uh, some of them were rescued by the quarterback, and some of them haven't been. So uh, they got to get that fixed as well as the timing between the center and the quarterback and the center and the other offensive linemen because, you know, I know people have noticed some, a lot of people jumping off sides. It's not always the right tackle or the left tackle's fault when that happens. Sometimes it's the center's fault. Yeah, well, I mean, also, it's exactly right, uh, Mark, and, and that's why we're probably likely going to see Nick Brom starting at center over Caleb Kim and LSU, four false start penalties. And, uh, you know, based off what I've told was told is just that Caleb Kim, the center, was having some difficulty hearing the cue to snap the ball, and the other players were firing off the ball thinking that the ball was being snapped. So um, I think we're going to see that change here against Ole Miss unless something drastic happens. And if, if Brahms performs well, I think he'll be the start of the rest of the season at uh, center. I'm curious about what, you know, Jason said earlier, what direction is the offense in general going to go? And I, and I wonder about that too, but I also wonder if we'll really know Saturday because if, uh, if, if there's going to be some kind of real substantive change, then knowing Gus, I would, I think he would like for Georgia not to know that. Probably not. Um, I would, you know, like you said, one of those, if it was me, yeah. if it was me, I'd like to go execute the offense. I, I agree. The game I agree. And see what it looked like and let the chips fall where they may be. But, but you're right. Uh, secret is the name of the game. And my guess is that, uh, that we'll see DJ Williams, maybe booby a little bit. Well, I, I bet we'll, if, if it goes as planned, we'd probably see 60 running plays on Saturday. Yeah. I'm probably good to see Harold Joyner a good bit, I would think maybe, but, but, uh, you know, I, I do think Gus is legitimately has concerns about this game. I think that he thinks that, uh, that Ole Miss has some ability to be dangerous and, uh, they run and they do, they run the ball really well. And especially if they're freshman quarterback who is so fast, uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun can, to watch. Can, can, can play. Uh, I don't know if he, if he's going to be able to play full speed or not cause he's been out, but right. But, uh, uh, and, and I, and I understand that you certainly can't afford to go into this game saying, okay, we can't lose this game. So we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, you got to go into the game and do whatever you have to do to win it. Well, the good news is, is that both teams are probably going to run the ball a lot and we're going to get out of the stadium. There you I know I did four overtime. See ya. <laughs> watching two-point conversions in overtime oh my goodness <laughs> no but uh yeah i th i think uh and then obviously we got we got to factor in the situation with booby whitlow how much does he play this week because i know they wanted to play him a little bit more this week but are they going this guy might have to be an emergency quarterback in some situations so maybe we don't play him at all or maybe we hold him back a little bit more going into the bye week, I think it affects a lot of things, not just quarterback, but, but maybe some other positions where they're dealing with injuries or people being slowed by things. And because last thing you need is like three guys all of a sudden on offense are, are out. And one of them could have been a backup quarterback. It's, it's, it's a, it's a dom it, it could be a domino effect across the line, but it's all hypothetical situations, but certainly Gus Malzahn, the coaches are all discussing that and thinking about that 24 seven, because that, you always have to prepare for the, uh, uh, the the unexpected and sometimes things that may very well happen. 
I got a feeling we're going to. I got a feeling that this is going to be DJ Williams Day. I can yeah, be wrong. I, that's that's yeah. I I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, what I, what I would like to see though is is if if you're play, if you're going to play Booby Whitlow, put him in the game in that situation and hand the ball off with him half a dozen times, instead of him running it up the middle, hand it off to to the to the you know to the the speed sweep guy coming across the jet sweep. Yeah, just a few times takes the pressure off him, and heck, it 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 shows a future opponent that you're willing to do that, which they haven't shown much of it, that way you can get yeah. them involved in the offense and can do a little something different, maybe add something to the running game. Um, but you're right. I, I think DJ Williams, Cam Martin would, and Hey, Sean Shivers didn't get nearly as many touches as you probably should have. On he, played, he played, he yeah. played a lot better at LSU, didn't he? Man, that was, yeah. they, they had some outside running the lanes open and didn't stick with it after that early part. Sean Shivers was running extremely well. And I thought he was close to, it's going to be breaking runs, uh, and they kind of never went back to it again after a while. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him a little bit more. Uh, and this and Ole Miss defense is they've gotten a little bit better in every area, but probably still more vulnerable outside and on the back end than they are up the middle. Yeah, I've been. I, it's been interesting that they haven't. I mean, it's like since since they gave the ball to uh, to Flash on the on the on the uh, speed sweep or whatever it was. Uh, I guess, uh, and he got tackled for a four-yard loss early in the Florida game. They really haven't done it very much. And uh, now maybe that's because whatever Florida was doing, other people were doing too to stop it. I don't know. But uh, but it, but when you have the kind of speed guys they got, it's, it seems to make sense that you would want to want to get them in space, either by throwing it to them or giving it to them on the speed sweep or whatever. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to the guys for stopping by. Uh, go to auburn.247sports.com for full coverage, heading into the Ole Miss game, and, of course, uh, everything about Joey Gatewood and Auburn's plans at the quarterback position. Also, if you're not a VIP subscriber, you can subscribe now. Uh, $1 for the first month, but also this on – Thursday we launched uh, I don't want to say an initiative but it's a new perk with your with your subscription you get free access to CBS all access what is CBS all access it's a it's a streaming service so everything that's ever been on CBS old shows I love Lucy I believe and then of course the current shows NFL on CBS the SEC on CBS you get access to that for free as a VIP member at Auburn Undercover. You could stream that anywhere, anytime on your phone. They have original programming on there, new Twilight Zone episodes. I know there's a new Star Trek show on there. Uh, Picard, which is coming out, if you're a Star Trek nerd, that's the only way you can watch it, and you can watch it for free with CBS All Access just by simply being a member at Auburn Undercover. It's a $100 annual value for free. It's, it's pretty incredible. So, Go sign up for that, or if you're already a VIP member, go check out the board. There's there's board on the boards. So there's links to how you can easily sign up and activate your free account. So anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.